Spire. Welcome back to Starting Now. I'm your host, Jeff Saris. This is another NFT episode of the show where I am talking to Perrine Hedari. And Perrine has been an artist deep down for an entire life. But NFTs were the the thing, the catalyst. Uh, the NFTs basically created the moment where she has finally been able to call herself a full-time artist. She's been a graphic designer. She founded a, a design and branding agency. She's She's done a lot throughout the years, but everything she's done has led to this moment. And she has, she's done everything right. She's approached it as a community first approach. She has connected with people in the space, in NFTs, other artists, and like her story is, is great. And I think it's very inspiring to show you how you can approach any new space, whether it's NFTs as an artist or an entrepreneurship, an entrepreneurial endeavor, building your community and connecting with people is so valuable. And Perrine's story is, is the perfect example of that. So without further ado, my conversation with Perrine Hadari. Have you always lived in Italy? No, I, I was born in Iran. Mm. Um, 35 years ago <laughs> and for like 23 years I was there I studied in Iran I went to scientific school but then I went to the artistic university I studied fine art and then you know when you hear Italy all that you remember is architecture art good food beautiful people <laughs> so I chose Italy to continue my studying here and uh, so I've been living here since 20, like 2010. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yes. So yes. <laughs> you said scientific school. Like what were you going for initially? Uh, well, this school is um, so I don't know how to explain that like really well. But we have um, in Iran, we have um, elementary school, junior high school and then high school. Mm -hmm. And uh, when you finish your elementary school, there is an exam to enter. This is a specific school that I went to. And every year, almost like 1 million students, yeah, because there are like 80 million people also living there. So <laughs> 1 million students, they uh, from all over Iran, uh, they uh, take this test to enter this scientific school that they only take like 80 or 90 students. Oh, wow. And usually everyone who comes out of this school from like junior high school and then high school they end up at um, MIT or Harvard. Like they, like people are so they're really um, smart there. I don't say I am, <laughs> but I mean the people there. But then um, I, I entered that school, and then uh, I studied physics, uh, chemistry, you know, science in general. I really loved robotics. I really loved that, and I wanted to be an astronaut when I was like. 11 or 12. So I was very happy with that school. But then when I was around like 16, I felt like there's something in me that is always asking me to continue studying art rather than science. So uh -huh. that started like those years. And um, I really loved um, comic strips and like cartoons, caricature and then animation. I really, really loved animations. And I asked my parents if they let me leave that school because that's a very, very important school to study at. Yeah. And obviously my mom wasn't happy about it at all <laughs> because she was like, no, this school is really amazing. And you can, you know, end up at MIT or like any, any university in the world that you want to. 
but I, I want to be an artist, that's it. So I um, studied art in Iran at one of the art universities there. And since then, I've been the happiest girl in the world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. What What was the thing that um, spoke to you that you knew? What was, was there any um, catalyst that helped you realize like, no, this is actually the path that I want. Like art is, is my future. Um, I think I usually couldn't talk about my emotions or especially when I was sad because the image that people from like from me always had or are still they have in mind is like a very happy energetic positive girl and she has no problem so yeah. that's the image that everybody has from me but the thing is that I obviously like any other person in the world I also have problems or there is something that I am not able to talk about because I am very extrovert, but I feel like I'm also introvert. I don't know how it works. <laughs> but I think I'm like a combination of like extrovert, introvert that um, I think art helped me a lot in order to express my feelings. And whenever I wanted to um, take some time off from anything, the only thing that I was doing was drawing, drawing from the people and if you see my work, it's like 90% people's, 100% people's yeah. portraits, <laughs> like all my drawings. And um, I think I wanted to be an engineer. I wanted to be an astronaut. I loved to build robots because robots for me are like so interesting. But deep down, I was sure there was something else that I could be better at rather than you know, like building these robots. And I just like, let's all, I don't know, people all over the world that are way better than me do that. <laughs> <laughs> so I think um, it started with expressing my emotions. If I want to say like how it was that. Yeah. And I just loved that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. What were some of the first uh, things that you did then that sort of connected you with, with your emotions through your art? I think I was three or four that I started drawing on my wall. And I have a sister, I, I only have one sibling, one sister that she's nine years older than me. She's so organized. And we used to share a big room together because obviously we love each other and she wanted to always be with me, spend time with me. And her part of the room was so tidy and clean and organized and mine, was a mess because I had like all my Legos and cars and I didn't have much dolls. I didn't like dolls that much, but like robots because my father, like when I was three, he brought me a robot from Japan, like one of these little ones. And I think that love started <laughs> by seeing that toy. And I started drawing with crayons on my wall and no one was happy about that in the house, obviously, <laughs> yeah. because they didn't say anything. I can't remember. I was only three or four. But then I realized I could uh, I could easily use whatever that was just like beside, like around me to draw and draw and draw. And since then, then I never stopped drawing. Never. Like every day. It doesn't matter where I am. Like I'm at a restaurant. There's like a piece of paper or like tissue or whatever. I just like draw and wall everywhere so yeah, it started 32 years ago <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean you've you've clearly found like your passion and your like where you 
you just come alive in the art, especially when it's it just happens. It it emotes out of you. That's awesome. And I love now that you've created like you've created your entire like your journey through through your art now because you're a full time artist, correct? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Finally. <laughs> <laughs> so what were you um when did you sort of move over to full time? three months ago <laughs> yeah well i mean that's awesome because like because of nft yeah that everything <laughs> opens up because suddenly your um your customer base your collectors your like community is accessible it's no longer just like right around where you are um before we dive into nfts what was your journey uh, sort of the steps moving up what, what have you been doing alongside art to like pay the bills and things so i'd like to dive into the origin stories to sort of show people like we all have a different path but but all of these, I feel like the more stories we hear, the more we realize, oh, I, I can see my path through um, this person or that person or whatever it is. So, yeah, like, so what was the journey up to now full-time artist? Wow, I love to talk about that. And <laughs> I hope I can be inspiring for some people that they cannot find, like, which path they want to take. So I was, um, I think, 16 or 17 back in Iran that I started working at a bookstore because I really, really love art books. And there was this big bookstore that I had a lot of like art books that I could always like organize and talk about them to the customers. So that was my part time job. And it's not really common in Iran for the people before graduating to work because families are always so supportive and it's quite different from Europe. When I came here, I just saw everybody's working here. And for us, it's not when you're like 22, 23, little by little, you start working. But I wanted to um, see, see people every day, new people, not only my uh, classmates, for example, or my friends. So, and also like, I really love those books. So it started like my um, first job was working at that bookstore. And thanks to that bookstore, I started getting to know uh, some books like uh, Bauhaus, for example, or different um, different styles in art, cubism, and like everything. And before that, I was also doing cartoons at a really amazing place called House of Cartoon in Iran, that all the cartoonists, like the best ones in Iran, were my teachers. So I always had great people in my life to show me the way. But as I said, I my, my brain was always like, in half art, math, or art science. And I really couldn't choose one. I couldn't, like, I was like 50%, 50%. So when I came to Italy, I studied um, industrial design and visual communication at the Polytechnic University. Again, I couldn't find like the best way to divide these to like art and math. So I studied again, engineering, but we had like graphic design course as well. Um, right after I, um, it was my last year at the university that we had to do an internship and I wanted to again, go to another country because I was in Italy for three years. Then I chose the Netherlands because I really love Amsterdam and the Netherlands and art usually in like the Northern Europe is quite different from like Southern. And I wanted to also go to that like minimal lifestyle and to just explore Northern Europe. So I went to Amsterdam. I started working at a really great studio called Shosho Amsterdam, it was called. The name is Japanese. And I went there and I was an intern. Then I started working there as a graphic designer. So my job, uh, my first artistic job was 
that. Then after a year, I came back to Italy. I, I, I became an art director and a web designer. Um, little by little, I started getting to know like what um, UX design was, UI design was. But again, they are art, but they're not like full art. You still have computer. You still have like that 50% of like scientific brain was helping me. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I really loved marketing as well. I wanted to just learn, you know, that's why I just changed jobs from uh, graphic design to UI designer, UX designer. And then I went back to Iran. I worked there at a really cool uh, architecture studio as well and to do like um, environmental graphic design. But again, my dream since I was three years old was become an artist. I just wanted to become an artist. So I was a graphic designer. Graphic design is art, but it's not, you still have clients. Mm -hmm. You still have, you know, deadlines. You still have stress. <laughs> you have stress. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> you, you have lots of stress. And then um, that was not good for me because I realized that I cannot stay at an office eight, well, they say eight, but like 12 hours a day sometimes. And then you have to work at the weekends as well. And you always have complaints always because no one likes the first sketches and then they can't see the process that you are thinking of. They, as soon as they just see the first sketch, they're like, no, 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 this is, and I know that that's not what the client wants, but it's very difficult. So for years, that was my job. Then I thought maybe if I have my own studio, it helps me own branding studio so with a good friend of mine two years ago we started having our own studio and we had good clients from all over the world from the u.s from europe from iran from everywhere but it wasn't obviously like money wise it was great <laughs> and also because like i was the ceo of the company but still the stress was there we have great freelancers but still it wasn't art i yeah. i wasn't happy about it i liked it i you know, when you say you own a company, it feels good because you are an entrepreneur and then you also help other people. You decide which projects you want to take. Like you have much freedom rather than being an employee, but still it, it wasn't art for me. Mm -hmm. If I want to say like that studio that you have paint everywhere and canvases, no, that is art for me. That was being an artist, full-time artist. And it was in March or April, I think, that I uh, went um, one day to Clubhouse uh -huh. <laughs> and my life has changed. <laughs> <laughs> so if you want to ask anything before NFT, I'm here. And then otherwise, I just go to NFT and what happened. And yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. That, I mean, that's awesome. Yeah. So the, the studio was uh, 102 Studio, right? Was the one that yes, you founded. That yeah. Um, yes. <laughs> how uh, did you work with freelancers? Were you doing a lot of like the in the in the weeds work you would i would say um of the design still or being like the ceo where then you more managing the company no i was also designing i was okay, doing cool. everything yeah <laughs> <laughs> i i was a manager in order to you know talk to the clients mm -hmm. and deciding for example which project i like to take and i i was always also asking from the freelancers which one they like to work on. Because um, for me, it's very important to always have a very happy, happy team. Oh, yeah. I don't, I hate ordering <laughs> to the people. I don't want to ask them, you know, like, 
you must do that. No, I, I don't want that. So for example, I had like five or six different proposals or different emails, let's say, that I was receiving during the week. And then I was asking that from my, uh, from my freelancers that which one they like to work on. And obviously we all like one of them that she's a great graphic designer from Iran. For her, it only takes like three hours to do the first sketch because for years she's been doing that and she has great ideas. And I really, really like her style. So whatever that she usually designs, I never change them. I only have like few opinions sometimes, but the rest of them, she's amazing. And some projects that they need drawing, for example, I still do the drawings, but um, I really want to take like one or two projects a year and that's it, not more yeah. than that, and really work well on those and give the freedom to my freelancers to do whatever they want to because I really trust them. And then that's it. And they're happy. I'm also very happy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's what I really love about that studio. But yeah. I'm not going to close that down. That's there. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, you've built it. Yeah, there's no reason to <laughs> yes. like shut it down or anything. Yeah, because like we do the like, same thing. Like me and my business partner, we have a branding agency. We started with web design and it's it's grown over time. It's the two of us, though. Like We don't do any freelancers. But there are so many other other aspects that you have to manage when you're do, running a company like that that I can imagine, I mean, having to do the emails, having to worry about the things is a little, uh, it's taxing when what you want to do is focus on the art and that it's, there's a lot to balance. So I love now that you've been able to, as a result of NFTs, transition over to full art. So what was it? How did you end up on Clubhouse? What was the uh, like room? What were they talking about that that drew you in? Where you're like, "Ooh, this is what I need to try." <laughs> you will laugh a lot if I tell you about my <laughs> first experience on Clubhouse. So, first experience wasn't in April; it was in February twenty fourth, I guess, the first day that I actually installed Clubhouse. So, one or two studio. Um, it's me and a friend of mine. She's also a great photographer. She's also in NFT space now. Nice. We built this studio together. She invited me to Clubhouse because she heard about this app. And we both were in Milan, uh, Italy. We both were like in a house and we just realized like our other friends are in Clubhouse and chatting to each other. So, for us, Clubhouse was a really just like normal app that our friends were chatting. We had no idea how the app worked those days. So for like maybe a month, I um, I never went back to Clubhouse because to me it was just like something like WhatsApp, which gives you the chance to have like a group chat. And then suddenly a good um, friend and also my very dear um, teacher in art when I was 11, he actually brought me to the art world. He was my uh, cartoon teacher. And um, he lives in the US. He came back to Iran and he was talking about NFTs to me. Only for, I think, two or three sentences about NFT because he had no idea about NFT either. His nephew talked about NFT to him. And he said, yes, there's this world of like crypto and art, NFT, and then we moved on to other discussions. That's I just had the word NFT. I was like, okay, I need to know what <laughs> NFT was. Uh, three days later, I was on Clubhouse. I was, I think, in like 20 different clubs of NFT. Every day I was just going from this room to the other room. 
I was shaking at the beginning because it was so stressful because I, I couldn't see the people. And yeah, I, I do speak English, but I'm quite shy. Maybe I am extrovert, but I'm shy. So I was in this very big room. I think it was an American room, three in the morning in Iran, which was like 9 p.m. in New York. And I was so sleepy. And suddenly someone called my name. I was in the room for like eight hours, I guess. I was just listening to the people. I loved it so much. And suddenly an Iranian person called my name in English. So I, I woke up and I was like, oh my God, I have to speak. <laughs> <laughs> so I just jumped to the stage and I think I only spoke for maybe five seconds. So this person is called Paymon and he invited me to the stage and he said, hey, Parin, and how are you? Are you from Iran? And I was like, yes. I am from my voice was shaking. It was Art Jedi and Paymon, these two people mm -hmm. that they called me. And um, since then, I started talking on Clubhouse. But obviously, the first weeks, I wasn't too confident to speak there because it's quite difficult for the people at the beginning. But now I can speak for like 12 hours. <laughs> Not <laughs> nice. so. So are you, current, are you currently still very active on Clubhouse? I'm not too active on Clubhouse now because I'm working on a very exciting project that it's going to be revealed in two days on Ooh, my nice. Discord because I'm working on my Discord. Discord is going to be live tomorrow. And this project um, took me days, <laughs> really days, <laughs> to think about. And I had to like um, draw a really good roadmap as well for that. And I didn't want to be too active because when I'm on Clubhouse, I really cannot work at the same time. Yeah. I worked and um, I made a collection based on what I was hearing from the people on Clubhouse. But that was that was it, because otherwise um, it's quite difficult to be concentrated on my worthwhile. I also have to be present because if you only listen to them. Um, like a podcast, it's easy. But if you want to talk to the people, it's impossible to work. So yeah. I kind of like took like a month off Clubhouse in order to work on my other projects. So hopefully people will like the project. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I want to dive into your art and your style and um, sort of how you've then grown because you have done amazingly well because you're around like 200 ETH traded, I think, right? Across your projects. Yeah. Yes, I can't believe that. <laughs> yeah, which is amazing. Like, congrats on that. That's so <laughs> awesome. And so you have like your one line drawing style. Um, and is that uh, just maybe describe your art a little bit for someone that's listening who hasn't seen it yet? Sure. Um, yes, I do one line drawings. Um, I know a few artists around the world that they do one line drawings and um, I think the first time that I started online drawings, I thought I was the first one who does that in the world. Sometimes we think we're the first ones, oh, but yeah. then I realized, no, that's actually a big style that it helps a lot of people um, focus. And also um, it, it helps you um, bring all your thoughts without thinking that much about drawing something perfectly as well. For me, at the beginning, it was because of lack of time, to be honest, <laughs> because um, it started many years ago when I was going to the university by bus or underground. And, you know, I love P1 
people watching because I learn a lot from the faces and emotions and it's just beautiful. I, I really love that. I, I love people <laughs> and cultures, different cultures, different styles, different behaviors. I think it's really wonderful to be surrounded by people from not even like all over the world, because like in Iran, we don't we didn't have much international people, but already from like different cities, different cultures. And then when I come to Europe, oh, my God, like my whole life has changed because people from everywhere, different colors. It was just amazing. And I wanted to, um, you know, like record all those mornings when I was on the bus on the way to the university. So I had my sketchbook and only one black pen. That's it. And sometimes like that person in front of me was there only for four seconds. So all that I could do was like to draw them very quickly. And most of those drawings were not even like a face because they're just some lines. And little by little, I just realized maybe I can draw their faces, not the faces that I see, but how I feel that person is or what they're thinking of or maybe um i don't see the real face behind those eyes so i was trying like to make different characters every day and with just one continuous line and then i realized yes obviously i'm not the, the only one in the world with that <laughs> <laughs> one line drawing is something that you don't have to lift your pen you just start from one point and you end your drawing it depends sometimes in two seconds, sometimes in a, in a minute, but usually not more than a minute. And it's a speed drawing. Sometimes I don't look at my paper. Sometimes I close my eyes. Sometimes I draw with my left hand. So you can, you can play a lot of things around it. And I really love that. So that's my style. <laughs> yeah. One of the styles that are working. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And did I see that sometimes you draw... Do you draw with both hands simultaneously or or you switch between when you're doing it? No, 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 at the same time. Like I draw them, I start and then I end at the same time. <laughs> that uh, that's wild. But like like you said, you have sort of that left brain, right brain, like the science brain, the art brain smooshed <laughs> together. So I guess it only makes sense that you would be ambidextrous, I guess, to be able to do that. And <laughs> yeah, very impressive. But yeah, I really love like love your style and love the art that you create (laughs) and how then have you built up your collector base your community and like connected with people to like have such success because i know a lot like it is it's an amazing space where you can connect now but it it's hard because there are a lot of artists but there are a lot of collectors at the same time so there's there's like a thread there that i think can really help people yes exactly i think Um, The very first thing that I can say is I loved the space since I joined there. Um, I had few moments of doubt or like feeling down or feeling a bit hopeless, but I never, ever lost my hope because I think that's a part of my personality that I never, ever lose hope. And as soon as I see like obstacles, I think about the plan B plan c plan d to like plan z so um many times i hear from the people that they uh suddenly lose hope because they don't sell i never thought about selling my pieces if i want to be honest um the first day when i entered that room big american room with 200 amazing people like i really like all of them now because i know almost like all of them 
Um, I just heard the stories from the people. I heard laughter, positivity, um, sense of humor, everything that I really liked. And I always have tried to be surrounded with were there first day. So obviously my first um, time being on Clubhouse was so positive. And I think for three months, I couldn't sleep because most of the rooms, because of the time difference. And because when you sleep, you feel like you're losing a lot. You're missing <laughs> a lot, not losing a lot of information or people or moments that they can help you to build a better future or better life in general on Clubhouse and Twitter spaces in NFT world, let's say. Um, building the community for me happened without me knowing that I was building a community because all that I did was I just talked to the people. I talked to them. I never wanted to do marketing. The word uh, shilling, I had no idea what the meaning was, but then I realized shilling your work means you have to talk about your work. I never did that because I'm shy. <laughs> and I always say, People can click on my profile and they see my work. So I don't need to talk about it unless they ask me. And something that I, it's very important for me is to be supportive. So when people were in different rooms and I was a mod, instead of me talking about my work, I, I thought, okay, I was there for an hour. So let's talk to everyone here to understand what they want to do or what they are doing, or if they need any help. So I think the community was already built by me doing that, and I had no idea about it. <laughs> I just love communicating with the people, and that's it. And I mean, that, that's how it happened at the beginning. And then NFT community for me became my family. My father, he's 75. He knows almost 300 people in NFT community already. <laughs> Every day I'm, I'm calling him, I'm like, yeah, he said this, she said this, like, they're my family, they're my second family. So it wasn't to sell my pieces, like, really, it wasn't for oh, that. Yeah. But then when my sales started, I had, like, 1,000 times more motivation than before. I was really motivated to create more, to sell more, to be inspiring more, and to be able to buy more from my friends and from everyone in the NFT community. So... It's a cycle that you start selling, then you support, then people support you. So I think it's just energies. Like it's just like turning around <laughs> from you and then it comes back to you like 10 times stronger and better. So this is all about my feelings about NFT community. And I, I just love it so much. Oh, yeah, because it's like any sort of selling is uh, relationship based and I love that you went you went in for the relationship first which is I think it's uh it's more rare like you said shilling like there's a lot of shilling out there where people are like oh buy this buy this buy this but like to see that it's like well I don't know this person well, I would like I don't have a connection to them yet but yeah that's hugely valuable no matter the business whether it's art or uh design or anything but building that community and connecting with with people in a real way yeah, you yes, can really go exactly. far. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. My very first sale happened five minutes after I talked on Clubhouse for the first time. That's awesome. So that was something that um, I had only three drawings on OpenSea. And um, so it was like night, 
almost like late also at night in, in some somewhere in the US. I, I can't remember where, but my first collector, Josh, he bought my piece right after he heard about me and my story. And I didn't even talk about a draw with two hands. The piece that he bought from me, I think I had drawn that uh, with one hand, but without looking at my paper. So he probably didn't know that. He bought that. It was called Insomnia, and he had insomnia that night. Oh, nice. <laughs> so he just saw the piece, and he just uh, after that he said that he he really liked the piece and also the name and the feeling that he had that night. And um, right after, obviously, the first night when I had my sale, I had so much like excitement to draw more, to share more, and since then I never stopped. Yeah. So what's <laughs> what's your approach now? Like how often do you create a new piece? And um, yeah, how often do you create uh, currently? Do you have any sort of schedule? Um, it's been years that I create every day. Like mm -hmm. there is no day in my life, doesn't matter where I am, even at weddings, I create. Like I always have my schedule. Yeah. <laughs> now, uh, thanks to NFT, I bought my new iPad and, you know, like I have it everywhere with me. Before it was my computer with my uh, Wacom tablet for like years and my sketchbook. Now it's my iPad and wherever I go, I just create and create. And most of the times I share those ones. I work more on them and I share those ones uh, also for NFT on my collection. But this Find Your Face collection, the one that was about the people in the community that I really like that collection because by looking at the faces, I just remember the voices and the days that I was, I, I, I get so emotional, to be honest, when I just go to that collection. And uh, the new project is connected to that against something much bigger. And it's interactive this time, not the pieces, but the process of making the pieces is much more interactive. So this one will take probably like five or six weeks. So that's different from my usual one-line drawings. It really depends on the piece. Sometimes it takes me like five days to finish one piece. Sometimes in a day I can finish like two or three pieces, not more than that. I never, I can't remember if I finish like three pieces or more in a day, but yes, two, three, I can do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And um, do you then like, do you usually Put, list them on OpenSea right away when you're done? Do you have sort of an approach that you find uh, works best for you? I'm learning a lot, to be honest, mm -hmm. <laughs> because at the beginning, I was just listing them. And um, in general, NFT um, has been teaching me a lot, a lot in every aspect. If I want to talk about it, it takes me days to talk about, like, <laughs> it's a school of life for me. Uh -huh. Uh, the most important thing that I've been learning um, was to be patient because I'm usually not really patient. I am if I have like a, a goal that I really want to, for example, I want to come to the US and probably for me it takes like months or maybe a year. So I'm very patient for that. But when it comes to doing something quickly, I'm really not patient. I really want to finish that quickly. So for NFT, the first weeks I was like that. I was drawing something, I liked it. I was listening to that without even shilling, without talking about it. So sometimes they were there for like, I don't know, 10 days or 20 days, sometimes quickly they were sold. But now I'm learning that a lot because people that they're great at marketing are helping me as well. But I don't want to do like really marketing, marketing because then it, it, it changes it. 
the ones that are helping me are artists that they kind of like have strategies not the marketing people salesmen no it doesn't work for art <laughs> so i learned to drop for example once or twice a week before that talk about the pieces over and over so it let people decide whether they like the piece or not rather than me saying that today at 7 p.m i'm gonna for example drop a piece Before that, I posted on Twitter over and over. People from all over the world with like different time schedule can see them. Mm -hmm. And then if they like them, I say, okay, for example, today, 12 p.m. EST, um, this piece is going to be dropped three of three and the price is that. So they have time to also organize and schedule, you know. I'm learning that before I wasn't like that. I was just like, Dropping them, listing them, goodbye, waiting for the email to say <laughs> from OpenSea that your item was sold. You know? <laughs> so this is something that um, I'm I'm trying to make it much better, well organized, and I'm I think I'm doing that. People say I'm doing that well, uh-huh. <laughs> so I hope so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Are there any specific uh, people that you recommend following for someone who's trying to learn, just like you are? Wow. A lot of people. Oh, yeah, I'm many sure. People. <laughs> many people. The thing is that um, if I want to say, for example, um, about being creative in how to drop your project, because there are a lot of things like utility token. In order to sell that piece, there is one piece to sell, and then people um, can enter to, for example, your next collection, thanks to the first piece that they buy but then the pieces in the next collections will cost much lower than the for, for like for, for normal people for example they cost like one ETH for the ones that they have that utility token every time is like one fifth of the normal piece for them and all these things so there are a lot of people like Farah she's called okay this is not the good pronunciation for <laughs> I'm learning <laughs> Farah Manley that I'm learning a lot from her. Mm-hmm. She's an architect based in Canada, uh, Sabet, um, Gabe Wise, Tom Fry. There are a lot of people like the, the list is non-ending. Dario Di Siena, I'm learning a lot from Dario as well. Um, who else? Oh my God. I really don't want to miss anyone. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> There are like more than 200 people. Uh-huh. Wes Henry as well. Uh, early warm. So I'm, I'm just like every day trying to see these, uh, collections. And obviously usually when you see people's collections that you find your style quite close to them, you also get inspired more, more by them. Either you like the personality or work and then Little by little, you go and uh, find out, for example, what is their strategy. And then, um, you know, it's not like only for strategy. It's always like a big combination of everything. Oh, yeah, definitely. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. How do you balance that then? Because like you said, it's hard to be uh, consuming or engaging while you're like creating. It's that whole deep work. I don't know if you ever read that book by Cal Newport, but it's a really great book about uh, it's called Deep Work, and it's all about that focus and mindfully mindfully um, approaching the task at hand. And like the task being, I'm creating this art um, versus like consuming and engaging. So yeah, how do you balance the two? I've never thought about it, and I don't know how it's okay. difficult. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think every day when I wake up, um, usually I try not to check my phone right away. 
so I take like five minutes and then right after I take my phone, my Twitter, <laughs> my Discord. And obviously when I wake up because of the time difference, I already have a lot of like messages everywhere. And I always try to be very engaging and um, I, I don't want to miss anything, but also sometimes it becomes too overwhelming. And then I have to like take a couple of days off, uh, five days, four days, maybe a couple of hours. It really depends. But I need that time as well because I, I think my body also has like a battery and the battery goes discharged right <laughs> away. So I need to take some day off. And then when I'm there, when I, for example, in front of my computer, um, usually it never happens with like scheduling something beforehand. I just uh, see all the notifications. And then after like half an hour, I go, I just close my computer, work on my iPad for an hour or two. Then I come back again. So my notifications are always off. That's why I never get distracted by anything. Only my WhatsApp notification is on because, <laughs> because of my parents. Yeah. <laughs> but like overall, most of the things are off. And unless I want to go and check them. So I think that's very helpful. But then... I go there for like half an hour. I talk to everyone. I mention everyone on Discord. Hey, how are you? How's your day? And then right after we all again go continue our works. I think it, it's the same for everyone in NFT community. I know some people that they're very active on Clubhouse, but they haven't done any projects yet. They're still building their community for months, which is amazing. And then, for example, one of the great people there is going to... Um, I think have her project like in a couple of days and for five or six months, she built this amazing community around her. So that's also a way to do that. And then when you have your project, you eventually like fade, kind of like fade and do more work rather than staying on Clubhouse. So for me, it's working like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, because that is a lot. And you, I saw like in your description, you also uh, reference minimalism in, in your art and removing things. Does that play a role in your personal life or specifically the art sort of, how does that uh, fit into your life? <laughs> oh, wow. Again, I never thought about it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, in my life, I think um, I really don't like complication in general. Mm -hmm. It can be in relationships. It can be in like any kind of relationships, friendship with my parents, with my like everywhere. This complication, I don't like that. I always say you can make everything really simple if you don't make it complex. That's it. So in life, like the way that I dress is always the same. Like I don't like like having thousand things on me. <laughs> Colors are usually simple. Um, my house as well, you know, and uh, my friends, I have like four or five best friends. I don't have one best friend. I'm no, sorry. I have like six <laughs> maybe best friends. But also I know a lot of people in my life. But then again, I don't want to make it like crowded or overwhelming. So I feel like minimalism is great for you if you have like the mentality for that. And it helps you um, clear, like to, to think about everything clearly mm -hmm. rather than just like having a lot of doubts, a lot of like overthinking or I just, I don't know, people make everything complicated. I, I don't get it. Yeah. <laughs> Not everyone, but like most of the times, all of the problems around the world or like even in your private life, it comes from making everything complicated and it's not necessary, I guess. So in my art, sometimes I add a lot of colors. 
and they're not minimal anymore, especially in my last uh, collection, I add shadow colors because the subject needed that. And I feel like for me, if I wanted to, for example, leave that with only one line, it wasn't too effective. Mm -hmm. So it's not that always I stay minimal. I can't, again, for I think the brain that has like two parts, <laughs> one part sometimes is always minimal. The other part still needs some more added things so i hope i could answer to your question <laughs> oh yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah because yeah you you may be taking away things that maybe would be superfluous or something that didn't like fit but in the end it's it's the piece that that you're you want to express like that's like you mentioned the feelings and connection connecting with the emotions and things of that piece specifically yes. but yeah um, this has been great. Like, I really appreciate you taking the time and diving into your story. <laughs> no, thank you for inviting. Thank you so much. It's my pleasure. Really. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so where should we send people to uh, check out your work, check you out on uh, Twitter and everywhere else? Um, my, well, I have Linktree, mm -hmm. uh, Linktree slash Farin Designs. And there uh, you can find all of the different like handles. I'm working on my website. The website is not ready yet because... As I said, like, I'm working on many different things yeah. at the same time. So my friend is helping me building my website as well. But if uh, the website will be ready, probably in like three or four days, all of the links are there as well. My Instagram is Parin Designs. Um, my Twitter is Parin Hey Daddy, which is my surname. And Parin Designs, Parin Hey Daddy, uh, Parin Art is my Discord. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, yeah, I think all of them are on my Instagram. So if you click on Parin Designs, uh, there is a link to on my Instagram with all of the links. OpenSea Foundation, hopefully soon known origin. Today I just applied for them as nice. well. And uh, also, yeah, all of the Twitter handle and yeah, everything is on my link tree for now. <laughs> Perfect. Well, yeah. Thank you again. I really appreciate it. This, this has been great. Sure. <laughs> sure. That was really my pleasure. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you. I want to thank Perrine for joining me on this episode. Be sure to head on over to her Twitter account where you can find links to everything she's up to. And that is Perrine Hedari. P-A-R-I-N-H-E-I-D-A-R-I. As always, this episode of Starting Now is brought to you by Built. At Built, we help you get started online. Whether you want to start a blog or a business, head on over to built.co. That's B-Y-L-T dot C-O to get started. Built. Your website, built for you, simply. Finally, if you're enjoying the show, I would love it if you subscribed on YouTube, gave a little thumbs up, and um, just let me know. You can DM me on Twitter. I'm at Jeff Saris, and I'd love to hear from you. Well, that'll do it for this week. Again, I am Jeff Saris, and I will see you next time. <laughs>